Hello, so this is Emma, as you know. <laughs> no one's taken over this, uh, this private radio that I have from me to you. And I wanted to, I wanted to send you this lesson. I suppose it's, it's more like a, I guess it's like a conversation that we're having, but I wanted, I remember um, last Christmas, in fact, no, the Christmas before last, and I was still in my village in Spain, and on Christmas Day, I, <laughs> I'll tell you this now, I had a terrible Christmas, I broke up with my boyfriend on Christmas Day, and um, um, it was the first Covid Christmas, so um, we were in this beautiful house, you know, if you've if you've been in my community for a while, if you're in my world, you'll know it was this amazing, lovely house in this beautiful village and everything on paper looked perfect and it looked rosy and, you know, we survived COVID, we'd moved to a lovely place, but my relationship was in a terrible place and I hadn't seen my family for a very long time and it just felt like, what is, <laughs> what is going on? What's going wrong? And, and I got this um, surprise podcast episode from Elizabeth Day on how to fail. And it was, she called it the alternative Queen's message. So if you're not in the UK, just to let you know, the Queen, who is very old, she does this Christmas message every year. And um, I've never actually watched it, but it's, you know, it's part of tradition. And, and Elizabeth Day recorded this audio and it was just about 10 or 15 minutes long and she put some really useful tips into it and she recorded this message to say that if you're not in this happy you know nuclear family where everything's going well and you're not feeling on top of the world right now that's okay and there's another way to there's another way to feel this Christmas and so I wanted to put together, I thought about this on, on Friday, so today's March the 1st and I've been recording uh, the new content for The Life Atelier but for the last few days we have had this awful situation in Ukraine, there is instability in Russia, there is instability in Europe and of course Ukraine is just... I don't even have words to describe what's happening, but what I do know is that everybody is frightened and they are already exhausted from the pandemic and, you know, it just felt like life was potentially going to get back to normal a little bit and we could relax a bit more and now this is happening. And I... On Thursday, when everything started to happen, I had a very um, panicky, stressful day of just, yeah, panic, just scrolling the news constantly, feeling useless, not knowing what to do, and didn't sleep at all that night, like many of you, and obviously like the people in Ukraine, they're not sleeping at all. Um, and the next day, I decided, right, <laughs> enough's enough, because... My job as a coach is to hold space for my clients and it is to be there for them so that they can build resilience, so that they can then go on and do what they need to do. And that might be 
just being strong for their family. That might be, you know, just keeping their mental health in a place where they're able to work, they're able to function. That might be volunteering, it might be organising, you know, activism. It, there are a million things that, that we need to do, but if we get into the place of fear, we become paralysed. And so I want to give you some of the things that, that have been working for me and, and some things that I've taken from Instagram recommendations from, from activists, from people I absolutely admire. There's an amazing activist called Olia. Um, that pronunciation's probably very bad, so apologies if it is. Uh, but also Brené Brown, um, Glennon Doyle, you know, they have been talking about ways to ways to get through this period so that you're not avoiding it completely, but you're also, you're functioning. And that's really, really important. So one of the first things I did for myself was I decided I was going to give up coffee. <laughs> so on Friday morning, I went to the supermarket and I bought uh, this weird chicory thing and I'm having that instead of coffee because um, coffee makes me jittery and anxious and I realised that if I'm jittery and anxious then I'm not going to be a very good coach for my students who are in all kinds of, all kinds of, in, I tell you, again don't have the words, unstable, unstable situations and yeah that's my job. My job is to be able to, to be there for you. So that was a, a small decision, but actually has had a very big impact. I also decided to put some boundaries around how I was consuming the media. Now, I know, depending on what country you're in, you know, I've spoken to friends, students, clients in Poland, for example, um, and they have to they feel they need to constantly check the news because of what's happening to them. Just, you know, it's on the border, it's very, very close. But I would say, even if you can, for example, set a timer so that you're only going to read it for two minutes and then you interrupt yourself, that will give your body and your mind some time to recover, some time to have a break, okay? And that's really, really important. And I've kind of approached this back to front because I hadn't meant to share the story about my Christmas Day breakup, but <laughs> hey-ho, <laughs> uh, this is the time for it. <laughs> so, so yeah, let's, let's go back to kind of the idea of, of what fear is, what's happening to our body when we feel fear, and why it's important to be able to interrupt that fear. So the first thing I'm going to say is that what a lot of you have been saying to me and a lot of people have been saying to me that they just feel like, what's the point? They feel like humanity has just shown itself to be terrible and horrible things are happening and it seems senseless and it seems pointless to, to go to work and to do things and to try to, to feel hopeful. And, and I would say to you that that is when we lose completely because there are two areas that people can try to control and they can try to control externally what's happening to us. 
where we where we live, where we're able to make money, where we're able to connect with people, where we're able to choose who we want to talk to and how we want to live. So that's the external part. But then the internal part is, am I going to let you in my head all day or am I not? And we can do some things to protect the space in our mind and we can do some things to not let the baddies win. Wherever you are in the world, you know, I'm talking about what's happening in Ukraine today, but I also think it's really important to note that this has been happening in Yemen, in Iraq, in Afghanistan. It was happening, I'm ashamed to say that, you know, it was happening in, it's, it's been happening in Ukraine for the last eight years and I didn't really realize. I thought everything was, you know, fine. Um, we have situations where people are living in fear and stress every single day all over the world and we haven't been paying attention and we haven't been doing everything that we could do and you can feel guilty about that or we can say okay let's do something else about it and and it starts with our mind and controlling and being able to manage our emotions and how we're feeling now that does not mean avoiding emotions because I think we can see what happens when people are scared and frightened and avoid emotions. They're reactive, they lash out, and we get these extreme examples with leaders choosing to bomb other countries. Okay, but in our own personal lives, if we look at what happens when we start to feel fear, we stop making decisions from a place of, of logic, of rationality, because when your body has a physical response, so let's look at what actually happens to your body. So when you feel fear, your amygdala alerts the nervous system and you start to release stress hormones, cortisol and adrenaline get released. And what do they do? Well, now your blood pressure and your heart rate, in, <laughs> heart rate, heart rate increases and your body starts to go into fight or flight. And at that point, and in fact, it's happening to Rita right now, she's dreaming and she's growling, so <laughs> I wouldn't wake her up suddenly. But when that happens, when our body's preparing for fight or flight, it doesn't matter if you're Rita, my dog, or you are the most brilliant human being in the world, you can't access the thinking part of your brain. So that's when you start to do things that are not in your own best interest, and you start to get more and more, you close down, your nervous system system gets flooded with stress. So we have to feel these feelings because otherwise they don't get processed. And the interesting thing about trauma, and I use that word interesting, no, it is interesting actually. Trauma leaves physical, um, how can I say? It's visible in your brain. When, when they do brain scans, you, you can see trauma. Okay, I don't know if it's when they do brain scans, but <laughs> you can see trauma in your brain. And the other thing, this is the interesting thing, is that we can repair that trauma. So I talk about the book by Philippa Perry a lot, which is the book you wish your parents had read. And in that, she speaks a lot about rupture and repair, rupture and repair. So 
if you think about how an animal experiences intense stress, you'll see, you know, I've talked about this before, but you'll see it with, with Rita, with a dog, all the hair goes up on the back. Um, their, their eyes get very big and very white. They call it whale eyes with dogs. And they start to pant. You can see that their, their heart rate has gone up. And when the danger passes, they shake themselves, really, really big shake, and then they're back to normal and they continue. So what we have to do is we have to let our body experience the fear. If it is a rational, if it's a real thing, right now, it is a very normal thing that your body is experiencing fear because there is horrific things happening and depending on where you are, they are geographically close to you. You know, they might be happening to someone that you care about. And so it is normal. It is your body is working when it has this response. But we have a different capacity to animals, which is we can learn to interrupt that fear. So what I'm going to say to you today is it's very important to make a decision of how much fear you're going to let yourself feel. Now, depending on how how sensitive you are, how emotionally connected you are to other people, you might need to feel fear much more deeply. And Glennon Doyle has this lovely part in her book where she talks about, I don't know if she calls it like the bad feeling or the bad place, but she says that, you know, when something awful happens in the world and she can't stop herself from feeling it. So we, we all have different scales of or different sensitivities to things depending on our personality our character and our experiences do you have a previous trauma are you linked more closely to something than another person and so some of us will be able to bounce back from certain events that are happening but other things will cripple us okay and you might be surprised when you realize that something affects you very very deeply in, in the coming weeks. And she talks about going to, she basically, she goes to bed, she switches off the lights, her family know to, to give her space, and she just feels the pain. And she just lets herself feel the sorrow and feel the grief and just feel everything horrific that's happening. And then she gets up and she takes action. And this is a woman who has created an amazing organization called Together Rising, and they are very, very powerful. But the important thing, I, and I believe the way they're able to be powerful is that she lets herself feel the pain. So if you're suffering and you're trying not to suffer right now, think about giving your yourself, sorry, I can't speak, uh, giving yourself space to feel that feeling. Another thing that you can do is you can create a safe space in your mind. So you can say, okay, I will give myself two hours if you need to, or one hour or three hours or 20 minutes. You know, you know yourself, be honest with yourself. And you will just read all the bad news, look at everything, look at all of the terrible stuff, okay? But at the end of that time period, you will do something you enjoy. Do exercise read a fluffy book, you know, go on, I don't know, a gossip website, if that's your filthy secret that you have, guilty, guilty pleasure, okay, go eat 
chocolate, eat something that you enjoy, talk to someone you love, play with your dog, but do something positive to break that, to interrupt that, and then decide on an action step that you're going to take. So the action step, again, it depends on where you are. If you're not in a financially stable position, you're not going to donate money, but you might be able to write to a member of parliament. You know, for us in the UK right now, um, <laughs> our government are doing some not so good things. And a really important action step can be write to your MP, you know, and it takes 20 minutes, but it's something that can have an impact. If you're in a place where you're able to protest and you're, you're safe to do so, then you can protest. You know, it might be that actually it's about reaching out to someone and letting them know, hey, I care about you and I'm thinking about you. And it might be that you're really not in the place to do any of those things and your action step is going to be writing down an action step for in the future. So we want to have this ability to interrupt the physiological response of fear and then choose our line of what we will allow and not allow into our space, okay? And think about how we're going to create that safe space. Now, if you are feeling a lot of physical fear and you're struggling to, you know, you say, well, Emma, that's lovely, but I've tried to watch my favorite Christmas movie, Paddington Bear, and it turns out the voice of Paddington Bear is the president of Ukraine in Ukraine, and now I can't stop thinking about that. Okay, we can do simpler things, we can do smaller things. So you can do something as simple as hugging yourself, which sounds ridiculous, but when you hug yourself, you release a chemical in your brain and that floods. You can't feel, Martha Beck talks about this, um, she goes into it more in depth, I'll try and find the episode to link for you. But basically, we can't feel this uh, happy hormone, it's the hormone that gets released when we see babies or puppies or, you know, anything that makes you feel a little bit, ooh. Um, we can't have that hormone impacting us at the same time as the stress hormone. So when that gets released, it interrupts the stress hormone and it inter interrupts the cortisol. So you can hug yourself, you can even think about puppies or think about a newborn baby, which I'm saying puppies or a newborn baby because for me, the newborn baby, I don't really get that happy flood, but puppies, oh my God. Okay, so it sounds silly, but your brain doesn't know the difference between something it's picturing and imagining in your head and something that's really in front of you. So that can actually really, really help if you do that. The other thing you can do on a very basic level is breathing. So there's something called box breathing, and I can't remember if it's that, let me Google this. Box breathing, yeah. This is something used, yeah, it's 444. So box breathing is something Navy SEALs use, and it's to relieve stress. So if you think, you know, right now your stress levels are probably peaking, we can use this box breathing. So you breathe in and you count to four, <laughs> count to four slowly. And then you hold your breath for four seconds and try not to inhale or exhale. And then you exhale for four seconds. And you repeat this. So you're creating like a box of air until you start to feel calmer and you start to feel centered. A lot of people, 
again, this might not be possible for you where you are, but a lot of people find that going outside and standing in the grass and just connecting bare feet in the grass helps them to feel grounded. It helps them to feel centered as well. So you can use your breath work. You can use connecting with nature if that's possible. And that will help to interrupt the fear. The other thing I would strongly recommend is taking digital breaks. So we talked about that a little bit where you let yourself read the news and then you have a point where you will, you know, disconnect from that. This is really, really hard at the moment. It's hard normally because of, you know, how social media is designed. It's designed to be addictive. But right now it is incredibly difficult not to read the news. But if you can give yourself a couple of blocks through the day where you say you're not going to do it, you're not going to look at the news, put your phone away, you know, whether that's going for a walk with your phone on aeroplane or it's just picking up a paper book or something so that you're not um, tempted to look at screens, I promise you that will help to start to, to build some space into your, into, your, um, into your system, into your body so that you can start to recover. And this is also important because much as I would love to be um, positive and say, you know, life's going to get better in a couple of days or a couple of weeks, whether you're listening to this right now in March 2022 and, you know, we have this uh, crisis happening and uncertainty, or you're listening to this a couple of years into the future and actually your fear is because you might be losing your job or your fear is because your relationship might be ending, you know, or, or a health concern. Fear can come from so many places. But what I want you to think about is that these things will end, but sometimes it takes longer than we think. So if you imagine uh, revving your car engine, okay, so imagine like you rev it, you rev it, you rev it, you have it on 100%, at some point it's going to snap. But if instead we're gently revving little and then releasing, and then revving a little, and then releasing. We're building up resilience. This wasn't the best uh, example, but <laughs> it's the one we've got. <laughs> okay, it illustrates it more or less, but it's, it's because my other idea is about building up tolerance to alcohol or poison, but that's a terrible example for right now, so I don't want to give that example. But just think about what we're doing is we're raising our level of resilience to what's going on around us, and we're also raising our self-confidence in our ability to deal with what's happening around us at the same time, okay? So do try to think about how you can bring yourself down from being at 100%. And, you know, if there is a 24-hour crisis, it makes sense to follow the news non-stop. But right now, that isn't necessarily going to help. Okay, once you've decided your action steps and you've decided, okay, I'm going to do these three things so that I feel like I'm taking action, I know I'm taking action, and the rest of the time I'm going to disconnect and I'm going to have my time, then that will help you to start to build your resilience. So I hope this helps. Um, if you do nothing else, I would say giving up coffee and trying to sleep for a few days and connect with a friend are three simple things that can help you. Uh, if you love coffee and it doesn't make you wobbly, then ignore me completely. 
but do think about the sleep. And as I've been saying to anyone in my community, to my students, my clients, you know, you are more than just customers. It's not like that. Your friends, I have, my world has become bigger because I know you. And if I can help with anything, if I can hold space for you, even if you just want to talk, just email me or message me and and we'll have a we'll have a Skype or a Zoom or a WhatsApp call or whatever you need, okay? So don't don't be shy, even if it's just a vent, okay? And I will see you hopefully in a better place next week. <laughs>